This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Let's give a shout out to our super producer, the one and only Mr. Max White Pants Williams. Hoorah. Mm-hmm. I got it right that time, Ben. I didn't say hoorah or oh, no, 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 I there's didn't get it right. Hoorah, hoorah. There's hoorah. There's a Toski. We got it. We got it. We're working no, live. I really thought I was getting it right. You're that nailing I got it. hoorah just embedded in my mind. It's a man. good thing to yell. It's a huzzah for a, a, a you know situationally dependent huzzah. We I are be period accurate. We are also we are also so excited, so fortunate to be returning to part two of trade craft puzzles with our uh, good friend, member of the ridiculous history expanded universe, none other than the author. The now podcaster, the thought leader, uh, Mr. AJ Bahamas Jacobs. AJ, you said uh, off air, you said, guys, I got an intro for part two of this. And then you started. You said it really sinister. Like you did. Too. There were some ellipses <laughs> that we could hear. And then, and then you, uh, your 
brilliant, very kind person. So he started telling Nolan and I, well, like Nolan me rather, what uh, what the intro would be like, and we both immediately. I apologize for this. We both immediately vetoed that explanation. Jumped right down your throat. Yeah. You shut we're me super down. Super abusive. Yeah, and aggressive. yeah the fame is getting to us. We were we were like just do it on air. So so uh, we must we must uh, pass the order of operations to you. Dear friend, uh, we what? yield. Yeah, we, well, yield, we yield our time. Floor. We, we yield don't yield time. to you as some sort of overlord. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so uh, Utah Mulberry aside, uh, how are we getting into this part of the conversation? Well, this is sort of a continuation of our episode on spying and puzzling. And while we were on break, I had remembered that a few years ago, I have been poking around the CIA, the official CIA.gov website, like you do, just to make sure that they know I'm here. (laughs) And they, and there's a kid's corner. There is a whole section (laughs) called Spy Kids. And I went to see just now if it was still there. It's not, it's bigger. It's more expanded. So I, and it's all these puzzles and games. Is it also a recruitment tool? It it seems like it's a little bit of a recruitment tool. And I actually had it. It was kind of fun. I mean, some of them are are very basic. There's a word search where kids can look for asset and surveillance and mission. There's a kids kids food menu kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, kids food menu. There's a jigsaw you put together and it's the seal of the uh, CIA. But actually one that you should check out was I enjoyed. It was called Aerial Analysis. And it's a picture of (sighs) a port with some ships. Yeah, And it's a bunch questions like what time is it is it noon or is it 6 p.m and i was like i don't and then it was 6 p.m because of the long shadows so it's actually it was uh you know if i were a kid maybe in my head though i thought that was the cia outsourcing aerial foot photographs of like picking out assets to children there he is there they are Uh, also uh shout out you uh you'll find this of interest aj uh if if you're not already aware i recently learned a few weeks back that the CIA has a long-running extracurricular creative writing group staffed like or no, I shouldn't say staffed but everybody in the group is uh, an active member of the CIA the name of the group which you're gonna love is get this invisible ink oh that's nice and the stories are 90% ciphers they're <laughs> all in code uh really? it, yeah yeah they're they're no, book they club discussion no obviously oh jeez okay <laughs> I can never tell with you man I can never tell with you <laughs> their their book club discussion is all in code they uh th- we do know that the CIA does love puzzles like any any kind of intelligence operation worth its salt ciphers are a part of the business, a part of the craft. And when we left off in episode one, we're talking a little bit about uh, the ancient history of tradecraft, a little bit about crosswords. And then you led Nolan and I through a rabbit hole on times crosswords went wrong. And we ended with an extremely fascinating thing that history has yet to figure out. Mm-hmm. Right. And this episode, we are going to get to my visits to the CIA headquarters to try to crack uh, one of the 
most famous unsolved puzzles ever. But first, ju- let me just do a, a couple of more uh, nuggets mm. on this this fascinating crossover between spies and uh, and puzzles. And we had mentioned it, and last time about some World War II puzzles. There's one more World War II puzzle uh, that we should talk about, which is that the Nazis actually tried to use crosswords for evil. Uh, so what? The, yes, Nazis I know. doing evil stuff. Even the, they <laughs> I even don't know the humble crossword. <laughs> I know the they humble could not Nazi. even leave alone the crossword. This was 1945, and Nazi planes flew over London and dropped leaflets containing crossword puzzles that had propaganda answers. So the answers were anti-U.S., anti-ally. So, for instance, one of the clues was, he wants all you've got. And the answer, that was the clue, the answer was Roosevelt. So they were saying he was... And the New York Times described the clues as feeble and heavy-handed. Oh, that is such a New York Times version yes. of a Nazi crossword puzzle. I love it. Especially, <laughs> I love that. Especially given that uh, that you taught us earlier, the New York Times was a prominent anti-crossword institution for some time, and now right. the they made it better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Geez. And they show, yeah, they're better than the Nazis at making crossword puzzles. I love that. Yeah, they just slammed the. Not only <laughs> the Nazis are the most evil people ever, but they're also bad, bad crosswords. <laughs> constructing crosswords. That's and really isn't that the great villainy of the Nazi part? No one fact check us on that one. But the uh, there's there's another. Um, thing on the break this reminded me of um of a great uh a great sequence in fiction first in novels but then later in film adaptations uh in the silence of the lambs series right silence of the lamb where they follow they follow the um one of the quintessential serial killer figures of american literature hannibal lecter and we learn that lecter is communicating with a serial killer named the red dragon or wants to be called the red dragon oh it, through, through uh, personals ads or yeah, something like that yeah or through it's essentially a, oh, a cipher uh where they're taking out back when people used to read uh you know print magazines and newspapers taking out uh classified ads which contain coded meanings yeah i think they were classified i can't remember but yeah either personals or class one of those things that you can pay a couple bucks to to put a little tiny graph you know in the back of the newspaper even in the the silence of the lambs that was the red dragon um, that was red dragon lambs he does you know he feeds clary starling a few kind of incorrect clues that are actually themselves ciphers like uh miss moffat or something like that and it, and i forget it's a translate it, like it's an anagram for something and then one of them is uh an anagram or i believe a cipher for pyrite for fool's gold mm-hmm. and uh, yep. it's basically showing that they're barking up the wrong tree if i'm not mistaken well speaking of classified ads that reminds me in the victorian england in the 1800s that was huge. Lovers would send secret messages through the classified ads. They'd put these ciphers oh. in the ads. It was sort of like the sexting of the time, oh. but you had to <laughs> encode it. Filthy. And Just they a were little filthy. slower. Yeah. They were not that. I've I've read a bunch of them, and uh, there are things like, I have the most handsome horse in the land. Now I need the most handsome lady. That kind of thing. Why not just write that? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably also, get more results. Yeah. <laughs> also, that, that feels like uh, you have given us a lead on a great... Uh, 
on a great future episode, right? The precedence for sexting, oh, which yeah. have been a lot around for so long. And it, oh, who was it? The writer who, who wrote all those gnarly love James letters? Joyce. James, James Joyce. James oh, Joyce. You yeah. had a great episode Boy, on him. That stuff oh, is thanks. filthy. Made yeah. me blush. Man. He wrote some of uh, some of the best literature in the English language, and then he also wrote Finnegan's Wake. But yeah. he also. Oh, <laughs> oh, Ben. How do you really feel about Finnegan's oh, geez. Wake? Anyway, he but, also was a fart poet. Um, yes. as it turns out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love they they were amazing. They were really, yeah. <laughs> I was Something. astounded. That is, yeah, maybe my favorite writing by James Joyce. That's where <laughs> synesthesia really comes to, to bear, I think. Uh, <laughs> Flippity floppity. <laughs> Just, yes. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Out. Yeah, that uh, substitute teachers listening in the crowd, any high school teacher who might be thinking uh, it's time to take the day easy and play an episode of Ridiculous History for your students, it is not the James Joyce episode. Unless you wish to be bold. <laughs> Unless you, and your it, students are very mature. Yeah, that's some... Well, it, that would interest the students. I mean, I that is they, a way to get kids into James Joyce. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right. Fart poetry. <laughs> you guys might hate novels, but who likes farts? Uh, <laughs> Boy, do we ever. <laughs> Sexy farts. Aha! Bet you never thought that was a thing. There it is. So, <laughs> got a lot to learn, kids. So, the, uh, the there's... An interesting thing that we should just uh, we should spend one moment on here, which is that perhaps the reason the propaganda crossword bombing failed is uh, due to the fact that by 1945, the nomenclature of clues and crosswords had already been pretty well established, right? Like if you are just all things aside, just objectively you're playing a crossword the clue he wants all you've got sounds incredibly misleading there is not a way logically to like a to z yourself into roosevelt there that is I a mean, good point or is. you know it'd have to be something more broad like god or like jesus or something you know what i mean like even that would be a pretty lazy clue right but, yeah well to get it, that specificity it reminds me they weren't the only ones who did propaganda. Uh, the New York Times also ran an article about in 1950. So now we're in the Cold War. Mm. And the Soviet Union was trying the same trick where they would produce these crosswords and spread them around the U.S. with anti-U.S. propaganda. And their clues, I don't think, were much better. Well, you know what? I take it back. This one you could almost say is half witty. The clue is... What is General MacArthur's concept of a courtesy call? And the answer is a four-letter word, raid. So they're I was going to say bomb, but like we were. Yeah. Those are both good. So there you go. So uh, it they, sounds a little feeble and heavy-handed to me in New York Times. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Try harder. Yeah. <laughs> you can dish it out, but you can't take it in New York Times. Oh, uh, probably. Well, no, no. That wasn't the Times. That was a Soviet Union crossword puzzle maker being mentioned in the New York Times. I see, at I at see. that point, the New York Times is clearly has clearly done a 180 on their previous anti-crossword stance, and now they're like, crosswords are one of the most important American cultural institutions. And we will one day be intrinsically linked to the concept of the crossword puzzle. <laughs> yes. Please, the New York Times, it is ours for yeah. the taking. We are super good at the thing we hated. Classic NYT. You always inevitably become the thing you hate. You know, it's just well. That's the best I mean, of us. That's like a Nietzschean observation. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's not really true. It doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to be, folks. We have your back, and we also we also have maybe a a moment here before we get to like our big star of the day, the uh, 
hence the this up to now unsolvable puzzle of the CIA. Uh, there are so many Cold War shenanigans. I love that you're mentioning the Cold War, AJ, because this is back in the time. This is like the looking at old spycraft or tradecraft at this time. Uh, we see again the Seinfeld problem, right? The number one criticism of Seinfeld, which Noel and I talked about all the time off air, is uh, that many of the uh, many of the plots the gang gets involved in could easily have been solved if they had cell phones. And right. with tradecraft uh, in this time, from the fifties to let's say the early eighties, uh, everything a lot of things were still analog. So these are the days of weird code words, which are like another puzzle. Right. Yes. Well, now we do, we do have computers and high speed computers. They haven't cracked everything though. They've helped. There's the famous, one of the most famous unsolved puzzles are the Zodiac killers. I was about to say, oh my God, I'm yeah. so glad we're getting to Zodiac. Thank you. I was, <laughs> if, if, if we didn't get there, I was going to bring it up, but, but go, please sally forth. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? Well, I think you know. Hmm. It's Harry's. 
Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. (laughs) So don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. So, yeah, this was a serial killer in the 70s. Uh, I'm not an expert on it, but he he sent a lot of letters with codes to the police with clues and several of them were unsolved. But last year, uh, just last year, there was a a group of people who solved it using computers along with people. It was sort of a a nice uh, meshing of humans and computers that was able to crack this. And part of the reason why it was so hard to crack is this guy was terrible. He made all of these mistakes yeah. in his oh, code. No. No. Yeah, so, yeah, it's not consistent. Was, no, it's not consistent. And so, yeah, terrible person for killing and for also being bad. <laughs> oh, wow, guys. very New York Times of you. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm taking a stand. You know, the, the Zodiac film by David Fincher, I think, is one of his finest uh, films. And uh, we re- rewatch it just about every year. And it, it deals with a lot of this stuff. And, the you know, the guy that ultimately goes on to kind of write the book about the whole thing, uh, which is named Graysmith, I believe, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. He's the one who's like a cartoonist, you know, working for the San Francisco Chronicle, who starts kind of solving these ciphers. And it's because he's a puzzle nerd. He's like, this is like his his wheelhouse, you know, he just does crosswords for fun. And then he ends up kind of being the one that sort of pushes that stuff forward. But uh, I do love the idea that he just made tons of mistakes. That's really funny. And I love the point about the, um, the necessity for a hybrid problem solving concurrently, because right now, uh, and shout out to the Puzzle Palace, of course, uh, right now there are tremendously robust algorithms and other uh, computerized approaches that can that can tackle puzzles and codes very very well however those are those are still not going to be able to get you across the fence on their own 100% of the time we know like i'm thinking back in in the days of analog tradecraft one thing like there are two examples that still always work uh, when deployed correctly, even in this, the amazing future of 2024, one of them would be number stations, right? And related mm-hmm. to number oh, stations, yeah. there's the other code, which is the um, the thing that requires you, like it's a descendant of the Caesar cipher, the Arnold cipher. You have a one-time code book that you have to hear, and right? That's how the, that's the other end of of the, the key, right? Yes, yeah. And without that, you are adrift. There is no, there is simply no way to solve those things unless you have that that uh, old school crypto key, right? right? Shout out, shout out to Bitcoin. And the number stations is that's the one where they just list off seemingly random numbers 
all day long and no one has actually solved. Yes. Is that right? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Uh, it is uh, related to USSR, now Russian intelligence activities abroad. Uh, it may be related to the so-called dead hand system, which is, uh, you know, deploying all the nukes at once. Uh, if we, Let's just, let's play. Oh, yeah, let's play one clip so everybody can hear a number station. One, five, seven, two, it's such a creepy thing, and I'm pretty sure that Lost, the, the 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 folks behind Lost, used that sort of mysterious idea of transmissions, you know, for some of the uh, the radio signals that are intercepted by the Islanders. If anyone remembers Lost. Are there any theories that it's just a total hoax and some guy is just reading numbers in to waste all of these people's time? There are definitely uh, there are definitely some clear like copycat guys. There's some, you know, ham <laughs> radio evil. enthusiasts who just have a lonely, you know, Saturday night and hop on and say some stuff. But but in general, I think for our purposes here, uh, this is illustrative of one of the big differences between a puzzle in tradecraft or a code in tradecraft and a puzzle in popular media, which is that if you are propagating a puzzle in popular media, you want people to be able to solve it. And some of these tradecraft things simply do not have an answer by design. And this is what leads us to uh, to the legendary, the legendary puzzle known as Kryptos with a K. Exactly. Because it sort of straddles both of those sides. That's like the name of the last boss in the puzzle video game. Yeah, now you must face Kryptos. (laughs) He's like like the Mike Tyson to punch (laughs) out. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little, you know, this was back in 1988, so maybe it seemed a little spookier back then. They'd probably seen some Transformers cartoons. (laughs) But they, like, okay, so AJ, can you introduce us to Kryptos? Because one thing uh, people... Want to be clear here, you might have heard us talking about this, and you might think that the CIA said, Well, we've solved most of the puzzles, but there's this one that we have no idea about. And it it might surprise folks to realize that the CIA themselves asked for this puzzle. Is that correct? Right, right. You cryptos. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the thorn in their side. It really is. It's the self created, exactly, commissioned thorn. Yeah. Well, this was the the end of the Cold War, 1988, and they, the CIA, they have a portion of their budget, uh, like all government agencies, for art. Uh, So they commissioned what turned out to be one of the greatest unsolved puzzles of all time, and it's uh, a sculpture. They commissioned a sculpture from an, an artist named Jim Sanborn, and they teamed him up with a retiring cryptographer from the CIA. And they teamed up and created this art piece called Kryptos. And I went to see it. It's amazing. It's a a big wall, a big metal wall. And anyone can go visit, by the way. Well, no, it took me like a year and a half to get permission to visit. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know. I thought anyone could go. Oh, no. It's right in the middle of Langley. It's oh, like in the courtyard. Okay. So it was not easy. Like, Did it you was, have minders? Oh, I had tons of minders. He probably yeah. had a background check, too, huh? Oh, they had, yes. No, they, you know, everything. Like, you know, every anything I brought in had to be thoroughly vetted. 
And then they told me I can't talk about the vetting in my book. So, uh, but they... uh, (laughs) Wait, so the book just goes from like page 47 to page 53? (laughs) No comments? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Well, I did. Yeah, I had some descriptions of like what they did to me to try to to get me through. And they're like, You can sketch what you see, but only for five, ten seconds. Starting now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't take photographs. But it was... uh, so they commissioned this sculptor and this cryptographer, and it's a metal wall with hundreds of letters and symbols on it. And it contains the secret code. And 35 years later, it has still not been fully cracked, not even by the CIA itself or the NSA. And they actually thought when they put it up, the CIA is like, oh, our, our guys will crack it in two days a week. And it's been 35 years. Now, I will say part of it has been cracked. So there are four sections in cryptos, four different messages on the wall. And three of the four have been cracked by CIA employees, but also by all of these amateurs who look at it online, look at the photos. Given the hoops you had to jump through just to look at the thing, you'd think they would have pre-solved it before they let them build it? I don't know why. Maybe that was sort of the point, but I do love the idea of this retired CIA cryptographer, cryptologist, just did this thing, and then he's like, crypto's out! You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, good luck, Mike suckers! Mic drop, for sure. Also, uh, um, in the interest of transparency very much not the CIA vibe, but in the interest of transparency, I think I was I was under the impression that this was slightly easier to visit because all of the photographs I've seen of of Kryptos, the the sculpture, are it's in a plaza, right? Like it's outside. And and like you said, I think it's uh the inner the, sanctum, the, right? Or like- yeah, the fourth passage or the fourth side is unsolved but dude even reading i remember this i can't quote them off the dome but i remember reading the like solutions to the first three and they're they themselves seem like riddles to me like exactly didn't help it seems like you found another clue or something well that is most people think and the jim sanborn the sculptor has said that the all the four when you add them together it's a clue to another puzzle it <sighs> sounds like it's a buried treasure or a oh, hidden wow. treasure possibly on the cia because so, one of the solutions does include longitude and latitude uh, another one is a quote from the guy who discovered King Tut's tomb about the wonders that he had <laughs> discovered in there what? uh so they are all um leading to Part five, but since we still haven't styled part four, we don't know. Well, what when part they when five they is. inevitably solve it, I hope it's not like one of those Geraldo moments where they just like <laughs> open the vault and there's just like a <laughs> bag of chips or some trash. I hope it's a Christmas story moment, you know, where the kid finally like gets his decoder ring. Not what he thought. And it the was. answer is drink more Ovaltine. I can't wait. <laughs> it's just an ad for CIA. <laughs> it's, it's an ad for CIA. Old for but the T-shirts. Can you imagine, though? Like, okay, so the people working at the CIA, very smart, very brilliant people, but they're still just people, so they still get lunch. You know, their lunch break is probably shorter than they like. So I love this image of some some CIA folks, crypto nerds, Going out with you know their brown bag lunch and and standing in front of that that sculpture and eating her sandwich and thinking okay King Tut 
And sounds then, like a nice place to picnic. It sounds like there's there's a lawn of some sort. Were you saying, AJ, that you had folks reaching out to you and they found out that you were doing this, like telling you, giving you inside tips on other stuff to look for that oh, wasn't right. just on the piece itself? So I'm on this message board for cryptos because there are thousands of people still trying to solve it 35 years later. And first of all, I give them credit for the grit. Like when I'm helping my kids with their math homework, I'm I'm like after a minute and a half, I'm like, ah, I get glazed up. over. This yeah. is 35 years. So and every day I get messages. Oh, I think it's gonna the key is Moby Dick, or the key is it's something to do with Navajo wind talkers. And, and every every day there's a new theory. Uh, and I was on the board and I said. I just got permission to go visit cryptos in person. And since only a couple of them had actually done that, uh, they were all a Twitter. And they uh, gave me all of these uh, these projects that I had to do, these secret projects. Uh, study the patterns in the grass and bring a compass to see if, the magnetic, if there's any weird magnetic energy and uh, look underneath to see how the screws are uh, are positioned. Uh, so it was hilarious, and I, and I I did it. I you know I I made a full report, and it has not led to the solution yet. Or or can, is it a thing where you can't tell us? Oh, exactly. I did solve it, and I'm trying to get sneak back in and they and, uh, will kill get the you, buried. AJ. They will come for you in the night. Oh no! Well, let's hope the next book isn't the year of living with the CIA. So. Living in Gitmo. Right. Well, I will. I will say one of my favorite parts. I got to interview the sculptor, uh, Jim Sanborn, okay. and he is a, he's a character and eccentric. And one of my favorite parts is he's he's this has been going on for three decades so he still gets emails every day from people saying is this it is he that knows it? it the sculptor and the cryptographer know it two people in the world know it that's it that's it they have the allegedly they have the solution somewhere in a safe on the cia but only two people in the world know it well uh, really quickly, what what kind of echelon of sculptor do you have to get to uh, to be invited to create an unsolvable, you know, uh, modern art, you know, piece on the grounds of the CIA? Like, I don't want to sound I don't want to sound like I'm telling tales out of school, but if I recall correctly, uh, Sanborn has has had like grew up with family members in the political class right or like he he's like a dc guy i guess i just think about that all the time when you see these giant government sanctioned works of art like who who is this artist that is like a totally cool with the government you know because our artists tend to be a little prickly sometimes about things like that and they're just down for it and also the government is like this artist is both interesting and safe <laughs> well i will say he I mean, he was supposed to have told the head of the CIA at the time what the solution was, because I guess the CIA didn't want it to be like some naughty was, yeah. limerick or something. Well, you, know, you don't want they, the guy at the top to be like, shit, I don't know either. It's a dick pic. The but the thing, thing is, <laughs> <laughs> but Sanborn hints that he really didn't tell the guy the actual <sighs> full answer. So, uh, so really, it is still those two who know it. But here's one thing that I love about Sanborn as a writer, because he gets all of these emails of saying, is it this? Is it that? And he got sick. So he decided he will tell you whether his solution is correct, but only if you pay him $50. <gasps> so 
people wow. write in. They he's send playing the long game, Capital is a baby. Exactly. I mean, he's the highest paid writer per word, I think, in America. Because <laughs> he just has to say, nope, not it. And that's 50 bucks. That's How do you know if he's even telling? No, okay, I don't mean to besmirch uh, Sanborn's uh, <laughs> honor, but he could well, just be like, you know, nah, man, I got to keep the grift going. That reminds, exactly. There are people. There are people. That reminds me of the... Um, the word, so I don't really understand casinos, like I don't have the gambling niche, but I was trying to think of uh casino games and it feels to me like I I I figured out the dumbest casino game that I think people would still play. It's called Pick a Number. And so you you pay, you know, five to fifty bucks or whatever. It's a numbers game. And then you just guess a number and the dealer says yes or no. That's kind of, like I feel like we could sell that, but also it feels like uh, Jim got in front of us on that, that one. That's exactly his. Yeah, exactly. He's like how many fingers am I holding up behind exactly. my back? You know, like yeah, let's go. Exactly. I mean, early early gambling probably very much included things like sure. But uh, you're you're welcome, uh, MGM Grand, etc., uh, and the Mafia to our new game. Pick a number. Uh, we'll tell you if it's right as long as you send us uh, fifty bucks. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. 
After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. There is one thing that I think is really interesting to share with our fellow ridiculous historians here, guys, which is one mention you made, AJ, Navajo wind talkers. I was going to say it the same a, thing, Ben. It's a great, right? No, it's a it's great so example. Cool. It's something we've talked about on stuff they don't want you to know for sure. And I, honestly, the details are a little fuzzy, but I know it involved uh, Native Americans using Native American characters and words in, in ways to embed super difficult to crack codes. Isn't that right? Right. Yeah. I, a little fuzzy on uh, this end as well, but uh, from what I remember, first of all, they made a movie about it. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Uh, but the idea was that this was a language unrelated to any other on Earth. So that was like a unicorn. You want that language because that way it's very hard to crack a, a code when... And, and then they took... Not only that language, but then they encoded the language uh, at least one other time oh, wow. and made it even trickier. So, yeah, uh, uh, again, another unsung hero. I love these unsung heroes of, uh, of World War II. Uh, I so. think one of my favorite facts I learned from, from reading about uh, the Wind Talker program was, like you're saying, the, the the double twist of of encoding a very obscure language for for the Axis powers certainly, or for like you know whatever the global superpower rivals, right? Um, one of the things that was really interesting to me is I would posit there's a third coding iteration because the Navajo language didn't have specific words for a lot of military things. So like that makes sense. You're 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 like the Navajo language does not, I imagine, incorporate something for a word like uh B-52 bobber or submarine. Right. Right. Well, well, if, if you uh, anybody listening feels like poking around and on the CIA's website uh, like AJ was, so they can see that you're around <laughs> as well. Get off the list. Um, there's some good uh, writing on on that website about the Navajo uh, code talkers, is another term for them, uh, and also on intelligence.gov, which is the website of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And uh, I'm reading a little blurb here where it says, uh, I'm just going to quote from it: "This system enabled the code talkers to translate three lines of English in, in 20 seconds, not 30 minutes, as was." common with existing code-breaking machines. The code talkers participated in every major Marine operation in the Pacific theater, giving the Marines a critical advantage throughout the war. They apparently were hugely credited for the victory at Iwo Jima and transmitted more than 800 messages without error, which is a big deal. That's amazing. Also, I do want to point out, speaking of this while we're doing references to unsung heroes, if you go to AmericanIndian.si.edu, you will find an example of the, the linguistic parkour 
that they had to do. Uh, submarine, you guys, is not a word in Navajo, so it is translated to iron fish. And then put oh, that that's, oh, that's uh, great. through I a cipher. Yeah, that's then, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, and speaking of unsung heroes, I'm looking on the CIA website again and the kids section, and they have a lot on animals who uh, helped and oh, spy. So we cool. had an episode yeah. about that. There was like a cat. There was definitely a cat. That there was had a cat listening devices. Yeah, that there was a whole yep and. Uh, Gosh, now I'm just thinking of dolphins with laser beams mounted to their heads, but that's from uh, from uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> Gosh, that was a really fun episode, but it was a ways back. So maybe, you know, we're actually about to start doing a thing where we um, re-release some classics. Um, so maybe Ooh, we call. can do it where we uh, actually pair them in some ways with things that come up, if that's ever, you know, appropriate. And, and I think this might be a good one to make one of our first classics. It's a beautiful idea, and here we are. We're ending with uh, a puzzle. I want to be careful how we say this that is solvable but has not yet been solved we're talking to one of the very few people who actually went and got to hang out with the cia so cool uh, that's such a flex so cool, AJ. man yeah <laughs> why is that not at the top of your bio right uh so uh, with this we have to we have to ask uh one thing that i think a lot of our our listeners will be very interested in learning. Uh, we have now done four episodes together on ridiculous history regarding your your love of puzzles, your love of analyzing these things, and um, and you have a lot of social commentary as well in both uh, your book, The Puzzler, and the podcast, The Puzzler. Uh, what do you? What do you hope people take away from these conversations about ciphers and puzzles and, and these thought experiments? One thing that I always talk about is the puzzle mindset, which is yes. all about curiosity. And I think that is a great way to go through life. Quincy Jones, great producer, great musician, he has an awesome saying. He says his life philosophy is, I don't have problems I have puzzles. Mm. Exactly. I love that because if you look at uh, problems are just so negative and intimidating and stress inducing, whereas puzzles, it's like, all right, let's roll up our sleeves and try to solve this. So I try to look at my problems in my family and my marriage and my business. These are puzzles and I'm going to try to solve them. So you know, it's funny uh, you say that I'm in the process of, of doing final mixes on a, on a record. I, I do that you know, when I'm not podcasting for a kind of a psychedelic rock band. And, you know, when you have such a big thing with so many pieces, like every drum has its own microphone, every little element, you are carving away frequencies to make the most impactful final product. And you have to figure out how to slot these things together. And sometimes it's not something you can do in one go. You have to think about it in stages and in pieces. And that's where like a good producer gets their workflow from. And what separates a really good one from like a mediocre one is you kind of have experience in doing that. But every time it's a little different and you have to tailor, you know, the the solutions to the, the quote unquote problem or I guess the puzzles, you know, and I love thinking of like using puzzle as a stand in for problems. Let's think about that just in general in our lives moving forward. I think that's really smart. That is when I same thing when I'm writing or when I'm podcasting, I'm, I'm trying to think of it as a puzzle and, and put the pieces together. And if you would like to join us in this continuing enterprise to solve everything or at least understand why 
we as humans are so driven to make that attempt, then please do check out The Puzzler with AJ Bahamas Jacobs. I don't think they put Bahamas <laughs> in there yet, but we're we're holding out hope. We're gonna, it's gonna happen, and we're never gonna explain why. And uh, and I still don't know why. We, and so and so we are uh, we are immensely we are immensely again, AJ, uh, over the moon that you would join us here. As you said, you can hear luminaries such as uh, Ophira Eisenberg, Roy Wood. Jr., Lisa Loeb, and Noel Brown. On Lisa Loeb? Sh- yeah. What, what about Nine Stories? Did they get included? Not or yet, no? not yet, but a no. great idea. Well, AJ, Lisa talk about the, there. like, you went to school with Lisa or something? I did. I went to college with Lisa Loeb. And- Say, I'll only hear what I want to, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> and she broke, oh, she man, broke out all- very soon after college, and we were like, oh, wow. Oh, she was she was among that, like, that jewel uh, kind of coffee shop, like, elevated coffee shop era where, like, you know, people were getting discovered playing in Greenwich Village at, like, coffee shops and stuff. And oh, yeah. That was the, and then they had movies, like, you know, that they were on the soundtrack. I think she blew up because it was, like, Reality Bites, I want right. to say. And she was friends of, with with Ethan Hawke. Ben, which yes, exactly. Been. That was the golden time for singer songwriters. And I tell you. for our purposes, uh, she is absolutely great at solving puzzles, uh, which you can. She you, is she weirdly is a puzzle. Good. She's a puzzle uh, uh, aficionado. It's Excellent great. glasses game too, by the way. Oh, sure. Which you can buy. She yeah. has a. No she has them for no sale. No way. So, of course yeah. she does. Oh, good man. job. So uh, respect the hustle. Spoiler alert, folks. Um, we're hoping that we. can can get AJ back on the show uh, in the near future to talk about a book that is near and dear to our hearts, the forthcoming Year of Living Constitutionally. Uh, <laughs> if, if, uh, if it's not imposing too much, AJ, could you, uh, could you give us just like a blurb for our oh, fellow yeah. ridiculous historians? No. What is this am- about? I am very excited about it. It's coming out in May, and it's called The Year of Living Constitutionally. And I try to understand our founding document by getting inside the minds of the founding fathers and living the Constitution as literally as possible. So I bear a musket in the streets of New York. I write pamphlets with a quill pen uh, to express my First Amendment. I quarter a soldier. I apply to be a government-sanctioned pirate. And uh, it was an amazing experience. I learned so much about the Constitution and hopefully how we can save this country, which is so insanely divided. And and I will say um, one of the joys was having uh, people I respect read it. And both Ben and Noel were super supportive and helpful uh, in reading the manuscript. So you are in the book. You are uh, what? You, oh, well, well acknowledged. That's very, so very kind, in. AJ. Of course. Uh, I, I got to ask too. The name of these uh, projects you've got um, biblically, now constitutionally, that that come from the Peter Weir movie, "The Year of Living Dangerously" with Mel it Gibson. Did. I love that movie. I've actually had not I... seen it, but I, it just made me Google that because I was like, "Is that a thing? I think that's a thing," and it certainly is from the guy that directed Master and Commander which people also love. And uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock, which I've also heard is great. Uh, 70s. Oh, I've never but, seen yeah. that. I haven't, but I've heard it's like a mystery thriller kind of thing. But yeah, You're Living Dangerously, 1982 film starring Mel Gibson. 
Right. And no one even really remembers that. So it's a, a reference that doesn't uh, resonate. <laughs> it does now. You're bringing it back. <laughs> we're man. bringing it back. We're bringing it back. And we're going to we're going to bring you back in the near future. Oh, I love it. Yeah, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to the legendary one and only Mr. A.J. Jacobs. Uh, and oh, and thanks to our super producer, uh, Mr. Max Williams, who still does own a pair of white pants. It's true. Never, never forget the white band. Uh, huge thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme and is also related by blood to Mr. Max Williams and his white pants by marriage. Um, Christopher Asiotis and he's Jeff Coat here in spirit. And Ben, lastly, but ever so not leastly, in fact, firstly, but somehow lastly, thank you, Ben, for, uh, yeah. This being my master and commander. Wait, no, no, that's, no, too, no, that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> that's weird. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Shuxley, thanks as well uh, to uh, Jonathan Strickland, aka the Quister. I, uh, I I contacted him earlier. I was like, we got this guy. You got to meet. He's called the Puzzler, and uh, Jonathan, what, what? Jonathan's response was something just like, "I see." Period. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> You have my interest, sir. Love it. But la- last, lastly, first, foremostly, but last, still somehow, last, thank lastly. you, uh, AJ, for being here. And we look forward to having you back real soon. Oh, my pleasure. It's a joy. I love it. So thank you. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.